This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 21. As a former classroom teacher, now homeschooling mom of five, I love to equip and encourage other homeschool families. So stick around to learn how to homeschool with Moxie. It's about embracing your journey and finding your groove. This episode is brought to you by my online courses for teens. Do you have some entrepreneurial teens in your house? Then you might want to check out my courses at 41more.teachable.com and use the coupon code MOXIE for 20% off all courses. I have the Selling on Etsy Masterclass for Teens and also the eBay Reseller Mini Course for Teens and some more courses are on their way. So make sure you check them out at 41more.com forward slash 21. The show notes for this page will have all the information you need. For this episode, I was happy to be able to chat with Jamie Erickson. She blogs over at theunlikelyhomeschool.com. And Jamie is just publishing a book coming out April 2nd. If you're listening to this when the podcast goes live, you'll be able to grab that right away. Her new book is called Homeschool Bravely, How to Squash Doubt, Trust God, and Teach Your Child with Confidence. So Jamie and I chatted about all the things that homeschool moms normally do deal with the the lack of confidence what about the struggling learners and what about when people tell you that you really can't homeschool because you're not a professional teacher we'll chat about all these things and more during this episode you can find show notes with a link to jamie's book over at 41more.com forward slash 21 so let's jump into that interview i had with jamie erickson of the unlikelyhomeschool.com Hey, Jamie, thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Could you introduce us to your family and tell us when did you start homeschooling and did you always want to homeschool your kids? Well, I am married to my college sweetheart and we've been married for 17 years and he actually was homeschooled himself way back in the 80s and the 90s when it was kind of super weird and practically illegal in most states. So we've been married for 17 years, and we have five kids. We've been homeschooling since the very beginning. And I'm sort of an accidental, or like I like to say, an unlikely homeschooler. So what does that mean? You didn't have babies and think, I'm going to homeschool these kids? Absolutely not. In fact, I said the very opposite. I would never homeschool. Um, I was a school teacher for many years, and somewhere... In the timeline, I think it was even before I had kids, my mother-in-law, who, like I said, had homeschooled my husband and her other son, came to me and asked if homeschooling would ever be on the horizon, if I'd ever think about it. I'm pretty sure I laughed in her face, but not out of a a form of disrespect, but just that it was so not even in my frame of reference that I would ever want to homeschool. You know, as a teacher, I felt like I had the absolute perfect gig someday these hypothetical kids that I would have would be able to 
go to school with me and have the same vacations. And, you know, it just seemed like on paper that I had the perfect job as a mother. And why would I ever want to upset that apple cart in on paper? It looked perfect, but God really had other plans. And, and it was actually right after I had my first baby. Um, It's interesting. You say all these things that you're going to do as a mom before you have kids. But as soon as they handed me that pink little bundle, I began thinking about homeschooling because just the thought of sending this little baby that I instantly fell in love with off to someone else to spend six to eight hours a day just broke my heart. I, even at that early stage, I just knew I couldn't do it. Yes. So did you kind of start homeschooling your first one and never look back? Is that how it went? Right. And don't get me wrong. There have been plenty of days where I look longingly out the window at the big yellow bus as it sort of picks up kids and leaves quiet spaces in their place. But um, God continues to just strengthen my resolve. And even on the hard days, I can remember my calling and remember why he's called me to this. Mm -hmm. And it helps me to push forward, even on those those tough days. So with your husband being a homeschool graduate, was he always on board with your decision to homeschool? You know, I'd like to say that he was, but that just wouldn't be the the hard truth. Uh He, like I said, he did homeschool um, back in the day when it was, it was definitely not normal, not the norm. Uh And he, in his teen years, he really felt isolated and he really struggled with some self-doubt and the Mm -hmm. enemy wanted to use that that self-doubt to plant seeds of bitterness towards homeschooling. And he'll acknowledge even today that that was on him. That was not, you know, for lack of his parents trying to find him a community. That was just his own, um, his own shortcomings and his thoughts about homeschooling, but Mm -hmm. he really struggled with that. And so that was sort of his um, frame of reference for what homeschooling was really took us, you know, starting out, he agreed to let us do it for preschool because he thought, well, you know, you can't really mess up preschool. Yes. So he, he said, sure, we'll go ahead and do preschool. And one day he just happened to be homesick from work. And I was sitting on the floor, you know, maybe reading a book to my daughter, or playing a game or singing songs. And he, he was sick on the couch and he looked over and saw how much fun we were having and mm-hmm. how He was so excited to be sitting there with me, having my undivided attention. And I think it was also at that point we were involved in sort of like a preschool playgroup, a glorified homeschool Mm co-op. And he began to see that homeschooling really had come leaps and bounds from when he was, from his own um, experience, and that it wasn't as isolating as he remembers. And there really was a thriving homeschooling community that we could be a part of. So... Mm -hmm. um, it was when she was in preschool that I, I just began to pray, God, I feel like you are calling me to this, but, but it sounds like you're not calling him. So you're going to have to change either my heart or his heart. And, and so I just prayed that prayer. And through those simple circumstances, God began to tug on his heart too. And now he's the biggest champion for homeschooling. So what advice do you give to women whose husbands or extended family are not yet convinced about homeschooling? How do they navigate those relationships? Yeah, that's a tough one because there will always be naysayers in your life when you choose sort of this other path and um, 
this different path, but it's especially difficult when the naysayers are in your closest circles or when they're a voice that you can't just dismiss like a husband or a mother-in-law or even a mom. So I would just, um, if there's a listener out there who's sort of stuck in that place, I would just really encourage her to pray deeply that God would either like I said, change your heart or your husband's heart. And, and I think that's a prayer that God is going to honor. He wants a marriage to be unified. And if homeschooling really is what you feel called to do, then I really believe that if you lean hard into prayer and seek God, he will hear that and answer that. Thanks for that. That's really great advice. So, Jamie, we're chatting today because you have a new book coming out called Homeschool Bravely, How to Squash Doubt, Trust God, and Teach Your Child with Confidence. So why did you want to write this book, and who did you write it for? Well, I can think of specific women in my life where that I feel I actually wrote it for, but it's sort of the catalyst for the book came about, um, I've been blogging for about seven years now. I I write at the Unlikely Homeschool. And during those seven years, I've received hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of emails from women. And although emails sound different, they all, you know, ask things like, hey, Jamie, I'm looking for a great curriculum for my you know, out of the box child, or can you point me to this one great resource? Or what would you do if X, Y, Z? The questions always seem so simple at first glance, but the moment I started continuing the conversation with these women, the more I began to pull on the thread, I saw that at the end of those questions was actually this underlying fear. And the fear was always the same, even though the questions were really varied and came from women all over the world, from, from different circles, different mm-hmm. circumstances, they all shared the same fear. And maybe they didn't even have the courage to say it out loud, but I could see it there under the surface. And it was this, Jamie, I think I'm messing up my kids. I don't think I'm doing this right. So I began collecting these these thoughts from women that I had talked to, thousands of women all over the world. And and I had that in in my head. And then one day I had a conversation with a woman at the library. My son and I were at the library and he was looking for books and began chatting with this this librarian. And she called me over to to compliment me on how articulate he was. And she asked me where he went to school. And I said, well, we homeschool. And immediately her tone changed Hmm. and the direction of the conversation took a really bad turn. And she wondered, well, how in the world is he going to be socialized? Or, you know, she starts rattling off all the things that you hear as soon as you admit that you homeschool. Mm -hmm. And I just you know, my, my simple reply was, well, I was a teacher for many years, so I, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then that immediately, you know, shut her up and she didn't have a response for that, yeah. which was fine. Well, later I was having a conversation with my best friend and I was, I was reiterating this conversation that I had had with this librarian and I was retelling it to her. And she says, well, what did you say, Jamie? What, what was your answer to her? And I said, well, I just told her that I homes or that I've been teaching for years and, and I think I got this. And she got really quiet and she says, Jamie, you're one of the lucky ones because most of us don't get to say that. And that, that crushed me. I had never thought of that before. I had never thought that she sat in that struggle 
so often that she didn't have that, you know, easy go-to answer or reply for the naysayers. And that's when I thought, I want to be able to write something, if, if nothing else, for her. Because I saw every day how well she was doing and what an excellent home educator she was. And she just needed someone to affirm that and remind her of that. I am really glad you said that. I have a lot in common with you and that I have a teaching background as well. And I've had a similar conversation out in my community when people all of a sudden think it's okay for me to homeschool because I'm a teacher. And I know that not everyone can silence the naysayers with that kind of answer like I can. So what do you tell the homeschool mom who is not a certified teacher, but who is doing a wonderful job at homeschooling? What qualities does it really take to homeschool your kids and to do a terrific job? Well, here's the secret that most in traditional schools don't want you to know. Um, And I'm letting the cat out of the bag. As a certified teacher, I went to school and was trained, but you know, what they teach you at teacher's college is really just how to control a herd. Yes. You know, that, that takes up the majority of your training. And, yes. and as a homeschool mom, you don't really have a herd. So I think what it really boils down to is that, number one, no one knows your child better than you do. And nobody loves your child more than you do. And those two things alone more than equip you to do a great job. And I also think we have to remind ourselves, we've been teaching our children since the day they were handed to us. You know, who taught them how to walk? Who taught them how to eat? Who taught them how to talk? We often negate that and and think in our head that that doesn't count as real Mm -hmm. teaching and that, you know, we end up making it so much harder than it needs to be because we want to quantify teaching and make it this bigger thing. Really all teaching is, is modeling how to learn, And then also supplying some great resources that your kids can lean into and learn from. And and the other key that I think most moms need to remember is that you don't have to teach all the stuff. In fact, it's impossible for anybody to teach all there is to know. And that includes all those other guys in the school system down the street. Your goal is not to teach all the things. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to ignite a passion to want to learn mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. And once you, you really set them on a good path of, of learning to read, mm-hmm. then they can read to learn. And then the sky's the limit. They can learn whatever it is that their heart desires. So even if we know deep down that we can educate these kids because God has given them to us, we are their mother, and we know that we can be equipped to do this job well, why do we still struggle with feelings of imperfection and that somehow we're measuring ourselves against an unrealistic standard? Because that's the devil's biggest trick. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it since the garden. He wants you to look to something else and want that thing over there and not be content with what you have. I think so often women are constantly desiring to be the homeschool mom they think they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. instead of just fully embracing the homeschool mom God has created them to be. Mm -hmm. And you know, this, this comparison trap or this comparison epidemic isn't just singular to homeschooling. I think every mother struggles with it because that's what the devil knows he can use to get us 
to stray off the course. If we're, if we're constantly looking at the woman next to us, we're not going to be looking at the job set right in front of us. So when we're homeschooling, maybe part of our lack of confidence is when we find ourselves with struggling learners. You know, not all our kids are on grade level. Not all of them are learning at the same pace. What kind of advice do you give that mom who is trying to juggle multiple kids and maybe even struggling learners? Yeah, and I do talk about this at length in my book, um, Homeschooling with just the gamut of struggles that can crop up in the homeschool day or in the homeschool year. So first I want to say, and this, this might sound very harsh, it might even sting a little bit. Sometimes the struggle is necessary. If we remember that it's in the struggle that God will do his very best work. It's what he uses to refine us and make us more like him. It's what he'll use to refine our kids and make them what they're supposed to be. I think so often as homeschoolers, we get so wrapped up in the academics and academics are important. I don't want to dismiss academics or belittle them, but if you're only interested in having the next top Harvard student, Harvard graduate, or the next, you know, genius, you could always send your kids down the street and they can learn at the school down the street. Mm-hmm. But homeschooling should be so much more than that. I think God is more in the business of transforming than he is informing. Thanks for that answer, Jamie. I agree with you. A lot of times we need a perspective shift in our homeschooling. So let's talk about another topic that can be hard for moms. And that is when you're trying to homeschool on top of having babies and toddlers in the house. You know, I remember when I was in the middle of that stage and we were homeschooling, I think those were some of the hardest years ever. So what would you say to that mom who is trying to still homeschool while having babies and toddlers at home? Yeah, I lived in that space for a lot of years um, Mm -hmm. because my kids are so close together. I had five under the age of eight. Mm -hmm. And so when I started, I had two or three and at 1.4 toddlers um, clamoring to get at the school table with us. And I guess, you know, the question is really twofold. Yes, I can give you a lot of practical tips. And actually, my, my book has a whole section in there. If you're a mom that has babies and tots, I give you lots of ideas of how to, um, not just survive the day, but also thrive in the day. Mm -hmm. But I would also encourage that mom. So often we look at our toddlers and our babies, and and I'll admit I was guilty of this. We look at them as if they're sand in the gears to the learning that we we hope to have that day. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes the toddlers are the lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, can can our older kids learn something if, if they see us, you know, answer that crying toddler or crying baby with grace and love? Mm-hmm. Can, can they learn something when we go and, and pick up another mess mm-hmm. with a calm, quiet attitude? Absolutely. So that toddler was put in your home at this time for a reason. And there is a lesson even in that that you and your older children can learn. So I think part of it is, yes, we need the practical 
tips for just, you know, thriving in the day and not surviving. But I also think that we sometimes just need a different perspective on what is the most important things in the homeschool this year. And the fact that you have a toddler or a baby, I would say that God sees that that toddler and baby is one of the most important things in your homeschool this year. So is this where it becomes important to be clear on why you're homeschooling and what your family priorities are, you know, not compare them with others? And is it possible to start for certain reasons and maybe those reasons change throughout the years? Have you seen that? That was definitely my journey. I, Mm -hmm. like I said, I started homeschooling kind of in, for a selfish reason. I just didn't want to pass over my baby to somebody else. But God, in his wisdom and his grace and kindness to me, has really helped me to see all the many other reasons that he wanted me to homeschool. Mm-hmm. But I, I think your initial why will probably always be there. Mm-hmm. But it might develop and evolve into some other things. So for me, obviously, my initial reason was I just you know, I'm the mom. I wanted to be the mom. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to spend the most quality amount of time with her. And and actually, because I was a kindergarten teacher for one of those many years, Mm -hmm. I knew how little Mm -hmm. parents actually got to see their five-year-olds and how Mm -hmm. actually by the end of the school day, they really only got the leftovers. And I didn't want the leftovers. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely my first initial why. But I have since, you know, my feet have been firmly planted in homeschooling because I see how I can really pour into my kids' passions in a way that they wouldn't be able to be poured into in a traditional school. I can see that I'm doing it to form really great sibling dynamics, not perfect days with siblings, but overall a longevity, a lifetime of love for siblings Um, And the list goes on. Obviously, one of my biggest priorities is that I can offer an education that's firmly rooted in scripture and that um, my kids can form and develop a faith. Mm -hmm. And I'm not constantly counter or not constantly reacting Mm -hmm. to a worldview that is contrary to scripture. So now that you've gotten to homeschool all the levels, since your oldest is in high school, what would you say is your favorite age? Oh, that's such a tough question. I I look back at those early years when I only had one or two kids, and or one or two learners, I should say, and we got to do so many great hands-on projects. And my my favorite memories, I think, come from those early years. Mm-hmm. However, now that I'm in the high school ages. These are great years too. We have the very best conversations. They ask the hard questions. Mm -hmm. And and I think that they get to really see the ugliness of me. And and I I say that as a positive, like I'm able to, to really show my bare self to them day in and day out. I can't hide behind the fact that they're young and innocent and don't understand. Mm -hmm. And so we can have some really great conversations and and I can offer apologies Mm -hmm. and extend forgiveness. There's so much 
that I enjoy about these high school years, these formative years. And she, and my oldest is just a few steps away from launching out on her own. Mm-hmm. And our relationship has really evolved and has changed in the last few years. And it's beautiful. So I don't know that I could pick a, pick a favorite age or stage. So do you think moms should seriously consider homeschooling all the way through? You know how when you have little kids and you're looking at the high school years and they seem very overwhelming, did you feel that way? And what do you say to that mom who's wondering if she could homeschool through high school? Yeah, I was terrified of high school, mostly high school math, because math and I don't get along very well. And, and I remember when my daughter was starting kindergarten, I prayed earnestly, no joke, that he would come through when it came to algebra. I was that specific because that terrified me. I knew I wouldn't do her justice mm-hmm. and I didn't want my inability just to hold her back. Mm-hmm. But in that fear, that fear of high school, I was sent right to the feet of Jesus because I had nothing. I had, I had no abilities mm. to teach high school math. And so I really had to cling to God and like he always does, he totally came through. And, and it's kind of a miraculous story that you can read about in my book about how God provided in my lack. I would say to the mom who's sort of fearful for high school, you know, homeschooling has come such a long way. And like I said before, you don't have to teach all the things. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling doesn't mean you teach it all. It just means that you get to decide Mm-hmm. who teaches it and when it gets taught and how it is taught. So mm-hmm. I outsource quite a bit of things in high school. Not that I send mm-hmm. them off to a traditional school, mm-hmm. but I've found great resource, resources online. I've hired tutors. I've purchased curriculum that are sort of all in one. And even more than that, I've just really leaned into their passions and allowed them to learn way beyond me. And as a homeschool mom, nothing thrills me more than when my kids outlearn me. And mm-hmm. I can just stand on the sidelines and be a coach and be a cheerleader as they surpass me. I love that. I love that word cheerleader because I feel the same way. Like our roles as moms really do change as the kids get older and we're just providing them opportunities to learn and watching them grow in their own independence and taking responsibility for their own learning. Right. And they're really owning their own education and that's what you want because that's yeah. when it sticks. Definitely. So as we wrap up, Jamie, I wanted to ask you one more question and we kind of, you kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but you know, homeschooling changes moms as much as it molds our kids, right? So how have you been shaped by your own journey as a homeschool mom? Well, I can't tell you, I can't begin to tell you um, how it has brought me to my knees more often than I can even recall. Um, It has made me trust harder and longer in, in God, because, you know, at the end of the homeschool day, sometimes he's, he's all there is. That's all I have. I don't have my own abilities. I don't have my own patience. So I definitely have grown in that regard. I would like to say I'm a more patient person, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, I think that I have seen how God has used homeschooling not necessarily just to educate my kids, but really to just shave off some really hard places in my own life and, and some ugliness, you know, my impatience, my, my pride, all of those character defining moments. I think homeschooling has been a tool 
to mm-hmm. whittle me down and make me into the person that God would have me be. Yeah, I can agree with what you're saying, and I definitely see that in my own life as well. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us today. I would love it if you could tell my listeners where can they find you online and how do they order your book? Well, I'm embarrassingly easy to find online. You can find me at theunlikelyhomeschool.com or on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also the co-host of the mom to mom podcast, and you can find us at momtomompodcast.com or on Instagram. And you can buy my book wherever books are sold if you pre-order it before April 2nd. I'm also tossing in my quick start guide to brave homeschool schedules that you can download for free. And hopefully that'll help set your feet on a good course and a successful homeschool year. Thanks for joining me for this interview with Jamie Erickson of The Unlikely Homeschool. Make sure you check out her book, Homeschool Bravely. Also check out her podcast if you haven't already. It's at momtomompodcast.com. And don't worry, I'll have all the links and resources mentioned in today's interview over at the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 21. Happy homeschooling. Happy homeschooling.